It is week 10 of the NFL season. Absolutely delighted to be back for another edition of the Gridiron Pick Show with none other than Neil Dutton, who is an NFL fantasy football writer for Rotoviz, among many other platforms. Uh, a guy that I'll be getting the pleasure to meet this weekend in Munich. Uh, Neil, very, very warm welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm very, very well. People tend to think it'll be a pleasure when they meet me and are quickly disappointed. So uh, I, I, I hope to <laughs> hope to put that right uh, for once. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great weekend. I am I'm chatting from Munich, Neil, and we were we were just staying off camera. This is um, it's completely different to a London game. I know there's there's a whole element of it's the first time over here, and there's that whole fallacy of, like around it, but. It's something else, and I, I think you're in for a real treat on Saturday when just when you get over here. Well, I mean, it's it's lucky that I obviously I love the NFL as much as it's tortured me for many years, uh, and I love Germany. So the two things coming together in glorious synergy for one weekend, and hopefully it'll be many weekends to come. But it's it's something that you know I've been. I, I remember I didn't really watch much of it, but I remember the NFL Europe days, and I remember that basically towards the back end it was just. Essentially, it was just NFL Germany. That was what all the teams were there. So it's always surprised me that it's taken this long for them to get a game in Germany. Obviously, we've had, I wasn't going to say our fill, because that would imply that we're done with it. We're not. We've had more than our fair share compared to every other country. So it's good that Germany's finally getting their due. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be good fun. Before we talk about that game for a start off, just for people listening to this podcast day, Ollie is off this week, but great obviously to have Neil on. If you are listening to this podcast from a betting point of view, you can check out a link in our profile in the bio, uh, which gets you a bonus on your first deposit. Uh, do check it out if you're interested this week, but please be aware, folks, only gamble what you can afford 18 plus also. Neil, let's just talk generally about this Germany game. It's it's a really interesting one because you at, at the start of, the season when the games were first announced, you'd almost be forgiven for thinking, well, Brady will walk this, the Bucks will walk this, and then suddenly it's the other way around. Can you believe how good the Seahawks have been so far this season? It's insane. Yeah, no, it's I take it as a personal affront because I've been calling the Seahawks out for years and thought that this would be <laughs> this would be it. This would be the year that you know they're you've never played to win, you've never put yourselves in the best position. You're essentially Arsenal on the NFL field. You're going to crap out. No, this is terrible. And then they pretty much, as an organisation, just turned around, gave me the middle finger and said, no, we'll play fine. We'll play fine now that we've got people doing what we want them to do. So I take it personally. Um, it's, I'd like to say it's good to see, but the Seahawks are something of a bogey team for the Eagles, uh, which is my team. So I'm not going to say it's that good to see. But the turnaround for what I think... We expected maybe one of these teams to be in contention at the start of the season. It wasn't the team that is. And obviously the Buccaneers are something of a disappointment this year as they pretty much all seem to be playing as if they're 45 years old rather than just their quarterback. Oh my God, that was probably the best quote we've had so far this season, man, seriously. It's... um... It's funny though because the Bucs have had some games where Brady has been consistent. You know, he, he has not played badly, but there were some games where he wasn't getting the ball down the field. He wasn't scoring touchdowns. The game against the Chiefs at home was the exception when he had three passing touchdowns. And then last week, he got it done against the Rams. I'm going to talk about the trap picks of the week in a minute and games that we should avoid, but I just, I don't see the value in this game of putting money on the box because I just, it's you, you just do not know what you're going to get on Sunday because Gino has been unreal for the Seahawks. The Seahawks running game has been excellent with Kenneth Walker. It makes you think, 
I just don't see the value here. But I, honestly, honestly, man, Neil, I genuinely think the Seahawks are going to win this game on Sunday. I, I just feel like it's written that the Seahawks team is going to win the West, which is insane. And I never thought I would say that. And if that does happen, you have to say Pete Carl is by far the coach of the year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're past the halfway point of the season now. Most teams have played uh, eight games, some have played nine. And the most important thing at this stage of the season for any team to be successful is they know their identity. So you look at all the teams who are doing well. The Eagles know who they are. The Chiefs, the Bills, they all know who they are. The Seahawks are, know who they are. They know what they want to do. They're comfortable in their skin offensively, defensively. You can't say that about the Bucs because, seriously, this cannot be the offense they thought it was going to be at the start of the season. They are they are running an inordinately quick offense. It says, uh, one of the articles I write, uh, I write a weekly pace of play report for playerprofiler.com. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers run the most plays per minute in the NFL. So they run, on average, I think it's 2.5 plays a minute, which is very, very fast for an NFL offense. But the problem is they're not scoring points. They're, they're 24th in points scored. So ultimately, it's you're running all these plays, but you're not scoring any points. So why not slow down, take it a bit easier, and actually get some quality plays going? I mean, the Seahawks aren't much quicker. Uh, they're certainly never going to you know, put out a 75 play, 75, 80 play game, but they're efficient in what they do because they know what they're trying to do. Where, as I say, the, the books just, why are they bothered running the ball? I've no idea. They're crap at it. You know, if I can say that, uh, it's just an absolute of course waste. You can, of course. Yeah, it's just an <laughs> absolute waste of theirs and everybody else's time. They're trying to run the ball. So, yeah, it's. For me, I can't look past the Seahawks in this game, which is probably the time they'll start losing. Gino will turn back into a pumpkin because now I'm on board. But they have to be favourites. It's funny you're saying about the whole time element because <laughs> surely, yeah, if it's not working, just slow, just slow it down a bit. And it makes you think, and that's something I might sort of ask Todd Bowles this week about their approach to this game and exactly what's going to work for this offence because if they do start the game poorly, Seattle will capitalize immediately. So it's going to be interesting to see in terms of people listening to this podcast for the betting element, uh, in terms of our uni bet odds, the Bucks are slight favorites, 13 to 20 on. The Seahawks are six to five. The Bucks are favored, Neil, on the handicap at minus two and a half points. The over and under 44 and a half at 10 to 11. And I, I don't want to jump ahead of my trap pick of the week. I am not touching this game of a barge pole because literally it go, it, it's the one game of the weekend where it go, just go either way. Yeah, and it could be a high-scoring shootout because on paper, this team has this game features two teams with two fabulous wide receiving calls on paper. You know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, uh, Tyler Lockett and uh, DK Metcalf. But the problem is, if the books get up, then maybe they'll slow down and run the ball. And we know for a fact that the Seahawks get up, then it's going to be a Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Walker day. So I can't see it being a shootout. I could see more likely it being a it'd be an entertaining one, I think, but potentially this could hit the under quite comfortably and both teams would be happy with that. I'm going to pop up to you in the press box when it's 35-35 with five minutes <laughs> left. And <laughs> It's funny because every international game Neil, this year has been great fun to watch. It's been tight. It's been close. It's been interesting to the end. So hopefully for any fan of the league or any neutral this weekend that it's like that towards the end. Let's jump on Sunday Night Football. The Chargers are going to the 49ers. It's it's crazy because 
at 10 to 5 in the UK on a on a Friday morning three or four weeks ago. They bring in Christian McCaffrey. And it's incredible how one player can give Jimmy Garoppolo that support that he needs, but honestly transforms their season to the point where you now look at the Niners in a completely different way. I think it was the part that most people look at the San Francisco 49ers, especially with Kyle Shanahan as coach, and you think, oh, you can plug any running back in there and they'll be productive. Because over the last few years, let's see, Carlos Hyde was good. Eli Mitchell has been good. Jeff Wilson's had his moments. So it's just a, well, Christian McCaffrey might just be a bit better than them. Or he could be an absolute ideal fit for this scheme system and be worth absolutely every pick they've given over for him. Personally, I still think it was an overpaid because I don't think you give up that much of a running back, especially one with a checkered injury history. But I digress. He has looked at home from day one. Whether that comes from the fact that Kyle Shanahan used to babysit him, I don't know. But I know that is an actual fact as well. When um, Kyle was... Uh, when Mike Shanahan was uh, with the Broncos, Ed McCaffrey was a player. Kyle did babysit young Christian. So you know, th- there's, there's relationships and there's relationships. But he has you know, given this offense another element that this offense is based on yards after the catch. And we've got, you know, uh, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Debo Samuel. And now you've got a running back that you can use in the same way. Just get on the ball and let good things happen. It opens the whole offense up for them. So even though they've been snake-bitten by injuries, although not as much as the team on the other side of this matchup, McCaffrey's just given them a totally different element and made them all the more dangerous. And speaking, I say, as an Eagles fan, and you know, looking ahead with blue sky thinking, I don't want any part of the 49ers in the playoffs because the Eagles cannot stop the run and don't tackle well. So a team that runs the ball well and racks up the yak, I don't want any part of been an unforgettable season for you so far i honestly may cannot see the eagles losing this side of christmas eve and that is insane to say that and we're sitting here on the 10th of november like that is insane but it's been so unpredictable in the nfc and that and that even transfers over to the unpredictableness of the of the charges who are in the afc and the injuries that they've had i something just tells me that herbert is going to go in and do a job on the niners and Sunday their football and that, that could be the statement win that the Chargers need under pressure, on, like Sealy, under fire, injuries up front. If Herbert was to go in and get the performance he needs and Eckler has the good game, that could completely blow open the West because the Chargers were only, what, two games back? It could be, it could be a, a really, really intriguing matchup if the Chargers were to, honestly, just get it together, get that final step. They always seem like the team that were there. They're always one step away. The problem with the Chargers' offense is it is being catered for a 40-year-old Drew Brees and not a <laughs> 25-year-old Justin Herbert. You know, the you know, Chargers OC Joe Lombardi was a quarterback coach with the New Orleans Saints for a number of years and seems to think that that's the way to operate an offense when you've got a quarterback with an absolute howitzer attached to his right shoulder. And the problem you watch the charges, even if they're fully healthy, you know, even if Keenan Allen's playing and Mike Williams is there, it's a slow team. And I don't mean slow in terms of pace of play, I mean slow. It, there's no burner, there's no pace, there's no no Tyree Hill element in this passing game. And it's just everything's, you know, get out of Herbert's hand. Again, rack up the yak when you've got this, you know, this big game hunter at quarterback who could test the deep parts of the field. Obviously, Austin Eckler is the engine of this team and they go as he goes, but I just think that 
The 49ers defense is getting their injured players back quicker than the Chargers are getting theirs back. And I can just see that the Chargers don't stop the run very well. And we know that that's what the 49ers want to do. So I can't see the Chargers turning them over. But again, it's been that season. I didn't see the Jets turning the Bills over. So anything can happen because the AFC just needs to be crackers this year. I love it, mate. I love it. Yeah, and as you said, in terms of the betting odds, the Chargers are 49 to 20. The Niners are quite clear favourites, 8 to 25 on. The handicap, 7 points, 9 to 10. Uh, the over is 45 and a half, which is intriguing based on the handicap. So they're expecting the Niners to put a lot of points on the board. Do you know what, Dave? I'm just going to say the Chargers upset them for the laugh. And, and we all wake up Monday and go, wow. And that that, that just creates a narrative for week 11, which could be fun. Um, right. So a couple of segments here. First off, trap pick of the week. I, I said there now, I am not touching this Germany game. I just don't have confidence in the fact of the handicap or the over, and I don't see the value at all. Um, is there a game this week, Neil, that, you know, outside of the Germany game that stands out to you in terms of I wouldn't touch it? I don't want any part in any form of football, whether that's your daily fantasy team, whether it's your season-long fantasy team, whether you're betting the over-under. I don't want any part of the Denver-Tennessee game because I think it generally could be one of the worst games of football ever played. And I'm going back to the days of Pee Wee football and Walter Camp. Seriously, these are two teams who don't want to run plays. They're both slow-ass offences. There is one fancy-relevant player on either team keeping my fancy hat on. That's Derek Henry and probably Greg Dulcich on the other. Neither of these teams want to pass the ball. They literally want to get out of there as quickly as possible and, you know, as painlessly as possible. So whatever the, whatever the you know, over-under is for the score in this game, I think you should hammer the under if you absolutely have to bet on it. But I just don't think you should. As a Broncos fan, I find that refreshing and Greg Dulwich has beautiful hair. But uh, you're right, Henry is... Uh... A very interesting prospect with this Broncos defense. Here is Henry's pick in terms of the trap. So, trap game of the week. My trap game of the week is Vikings at Bills. Bills minus three and a half point favorites. So, as I said before, trap games come about as a result of volatility and uncertainty. And this game is full of uncertainty. And it all comes down to the health of Josh Allen now. The Bills are a brilliant team overall. Um, they may be the most complete team in the NFL, and I think they're current Super Bowl favorites based on the Vegas odds. However, I think it'd be wrong to pretend that the offense does not rely extremely heavily on Allen's passing, and more importantly, his running ability. This game opened in Vegas with the Bills minus eight and a half point favorites, and both the bets and the smart money have driven that down to just three and a half now. The longer and longer Allen's health is in doubt, the more and more the Bills are going to lose points here. If you happen to know Alan and you know he's going to play, then I would go all in on the Bills, minus three and a half. However, if you're like everyone else and you're completely at the mercy of Alan's health and whether he's going to be ready to play and you have no idea whether he will, then I would completely avoid this game. Case Keenum will not cover minus three and a half, but I think Josh Allen will. So this game purely comes down to is Josh Allen going to play or not? And that's a level of uncertainty you shouldn't accept. Okay, pick of the week. Um, I, this week, I'm going to go with Neil, the following bet. I am going to take the Bears minus three on the handicap this week. Uh, now, the Bears are playing the Detroit Lions. And honestly, the Lions, 
I get that they beat the, the, the Packers last week, but for me, Neil, there's so many different situations there. I just feel like the Bears are going to have a week where the offense turns up. Justin Fields got over 30 points last week, set an NFL record in terms of rushing. They're building that offense around them. I think minus three is good value. So I, I'm like, you know, look, if the Bears win, I think they'll win by more than three points. So I'm going to take it. Do you have a pick of the week yourself in terms of the league? Um, not especially. No, I think that is that is one though. That is one that I can get on board with. That game could be basically seven on seven because neither team can defend, and in fact, it's insulting to watch them try. Uh, the Bears, you know, the Lions cannot stop the run. Which you know, when you consider, you know, that you know they're supposed to be a tough, hard-nosed team. You know, Dan Campbell bites kneecaps, and Aaron Glenn loves to be aggressive and blitz. Yeah, you can't stop the run. You don't earn the right to blitz if you can't stop the run. And the Bears traded away their two best defensive players. So they've no interest in playing defense either. This game could be what I think it was, um, I think it was Marcus Grant back in the day. It might have been Alex Gelher on the NFL uh, Fancy Live podcast called a beautifully bad shootout. In that this, could, this is a game between two very poor teams. But ultimately, at the end of the, the end of the game, we, we could look back and say, that was a great game and we should watch it again. That would be the most typical Bears-Lions game ever if that happened wouldn't it? after last week. I really enjoyed that Miami-Bears game last week. I didn't have a lot of expectation either going into it, and it was fun to watch, so let, let, let's see what happens. Here is Henry's pick of the week. My pick of the week this week piggybacks heavily on the expertise of producer Michael. Um, he has two great picks this week, and I want to piggyback on one of them. So my pick of the week is the Browns at the Dolphins over 49 points. Now, this is becoming a recurring theme in terms of bets and picks of the weeks from me, but I think it makes complete sense. Miami, their defense looks terrible again. Their secondary is really beaten up. In five of their last six games, they've given up at least 24 points. So that's, a, that's one tick. And the only time they didn't was against Kenny Pickett in his second primetime game. Not representative. Fields just put up amazing numbers on Miami. Goff put up amazing numbers on Miami. They really just concede points at a crazy rate. On the other side of the of the ball, Tua is amazing. The offense is amazing. Ollie always tweets about how the wide receivers are open constantly, and it's true. So in the last two games, Miami have scored 66 points. <laughs> Tua has 684 yards, six touchdowns, and no interceptions. Combine that, that's, one, that's, that's the second tick. And the final tick is the Browns defense has been terrible this season too. So if you add all these things up, terrible Dolphins defense, incredible Dolphins offense and bad Browns defense. And the clear pick here is over 49 points. I think it goes well above that. Okay, finally, we have got our handicap pick of the week. Now, look, as a betting man, I'll, I'll go first. And if you want to even react, Neil, and, and maybe not give me a handicap, is fine. But I honestly, man, don't understand how the Dolphins are minus three and a half point favorites against the Browns. I, I think it should be way more than that. On its day, the Dolphins are the best offense in football in, in the sense of you cannot cover Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Kosicki at all at the same time if Tua is on it. I just think it's good value. Currently, it's nine to ten on. Um, have you any handicap pick of the week or, or do you agree with me or disagree with me in terms of that? No, I agree. It's, it's a great offense to watch because it just seems to be clicking. Um, again, speaking with my fancy head on, it's the best offense in the world because we know where the ball's going. We don't have to worry about, oh, could this be Mike Gusecki's week? Or, oh, maybe we start Trent Sherfield in our flex this week? No. 
You start Tui, you start Tyreek, you start Jalen. That's all you need to worry about. That's where the ball's going. Mike McDaniel, seriously, is he's he's America's football coach because this is what we want. We don't want, you know, I say hard nose, you know, three yards and a cloud of dust running game. No, no, we want a coach who thinks, all right, who are my best players? I'll get them the ball as much as I can. So this offense is rolling. The Browns defense is terrible. It's more name than game. And the names aren't that great. So I th- I could see the Dolphins getting on a roll and literally winning this going away. So it's 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 a bet I would take. Henry's pick, Neil, is really interesting. Here it is. Sorry, my handicap pick of the week is Colts at Raiders. Raiders, six-point favourites. I'm going with the Raiders. I'm sure Ollie has touched on this, but the Colts organisation is a dumpster fire right now. They signed Matt Ryan to a huge contract. They've now dropped him for Sam Ellinger. Under Sam Ellinger in the last few games, they are dead last in EPA per play on offense. They are the worst offense in the league with Sam Ellinger as under center. Add to that a brand new coach in Jeff Saturday who has zero experience. Uh, a new play caller on the offense who has zero experience. And I think the Raiders are looking pretty good here with six points. Add on to this that a huge amount of the smart money in Vegas is on the Raiders too. I think we can be pretty sure that the Colts are going to fall apart as they have done the last few weeks and fall apart into even a more extreme level. Um, and the Raiders have started to look better in recent weeks. But overall, this is a anti-Colts play more than it is a pro-Vegas play. Okay, Neil, so me and you have got the combined same experience as Jeff Saturday has coaching college football. Um, Henry is taking the Raiders originally minus six in the handicap. They're now down to minus five. Do you see any situation this weekend in which Jeff Saturday can take the Colts to a win against the Raiders? Because I have to say, I love this press conference when he came out and defended himself. Fair play to him. Like it, the whole situation with Jim Irsay is crazy, right? But if you had said to us on Monday, that this would happen. We'd all laugh at you thinking you're crazy. This is an insane situation, but it's a game in which he's going up against Josh McDaniels and everything going on there in Las Vegas. It makes you think any given Sunday, who knows what could happen? Well, you know, when Saturday comes, you know, anything can happen. And Saturday <laughs> is coming. I mean, let's be, let's be honest, with the amount of pressure that is on him, if the Raiders lose to Jeff Saturday's Colts, McDaniels may as well not bother going into uh, to the locker room after the game. He will be out in his ass so quick. It will be, you know, the, the it'll be incredible. It's not the perfect opponent for him to go against because obviously he has the history with the Colts. I don't, believe, you know, I, you can put what you like about karma and you know what, you know, superstition or whatnot. But I believe sometimes it really does bite people. And you know, a Jeff Saturday led Raiders loss. Sorry, a Jeff Saturday led loss to the Colts. I don't know how McDaniels should come back from that. Seriously, this is the most unqualified head coach in NFL history. He, As you say, he's coached the same number of pro games or college games as me and you. He was tweeting about how bad the Raiders were last week. <laughs> that was insane. Oh, I mean, let, let that be a lesson to you. Never tweet because you could get be an NFL head coach within 10 days. Uh, I won't, but you know, <laughs> it, it's just baffling. It, the whole situation is mad. You know, Jim Irsay has just decided, no, no, I was the people's champion when I spoke out against Daniel Schneider. 
well, now I like the headlines. I want some more of them. So it's just decided to go back, you know, back crazy for the rest of the week. He's clearly committing to the tank to get the number one overall pick again and go third time's the charm. And Jeff Saturday's on a hiding to nothing because if he becomes, you know, the next Vince Lombardi, he's scuppered that the pack. The Colts can't get the first overall pick. And if he's terrible, he gets fired anyway. So he's on a hiding to nothing. It's just ridiculous. The whole situation's crackers. Absolutely crackers, Nick. Like genuinely, even sitting here now, I cannot believe this is happening. And I can't wait to watch it. It's going to be good fun. I'll be watching it with you in Munich. Looking forward to seeing you at the weekend, mates, and uh, see if travels over to Munich for this historic game at the weekend between the Bucks and the Seahawks. For for anyone listening to the podcast, appreciate your support again week by week uh, to myself, Ollie, and Henry, and also Neil coming on as well. Really appreciate it. Please do check out the link in the bio for a sign up offer with UniBet. That's where we that's who we get our odds off the handicap, the totals the money line may be different where you get your bets so just double check that but more importantly please folks only bet what you can afford over your team uh, and we will see you next week Neil see you in Munich uh, at Wiederhausen good time.